You're listening to Comedy Central. June 21st, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Mike Shinoda is here, everybody! We're gonna be talking about his powerful new solo album, Post Traumatic. You wanna stay tuned for that. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. Shoo. Remember that uh, photo of President Trump at the G7 summit from a few weeks ago? Remember that one where it looked like all the other world leaders were fighting with Trump because he refused to take a bath? Yeah? <laughs> well, it turns out there's a pretty sweet story behind it. Chancellor Merkel of Germany uh, and Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada wanted to press Trump directly to sign the communique. And Trump was sitting there with his arms crossed, clearly not liking the fact that he felt like they were ganging up on him. He said, okay, he'll sign it. And at that point, he stood up, uh, he put his hand in his pocket, and he took two Starburst candies out, threw them on the table, and said to Merkel, uh, here, Angela, don't say I never give you anything. I cannot believe that Donald Trump would have two uneaten Starbursts in his pocket. <laughs> I also can't believe he threw them at another world leader. <laughs> Although knowing Trump, he probably immediately snatched the second Starburst back. He was like, I only meant to give you one. Yum, 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 yum. So with that story about Merkel, plus the news that Trump is escalating his trade beef with China, it's pretty safe to say that the president of the United States doesn't have a lot of friends around the world right now. But there's still a lot of people who still like him back home. Like at last night's campaign rally in Duluth, Minnesota, where he popped in to support a Republican congressional candidate. And look, let's be honest. At this point, Trump's rallies are like Jurassic Park movies, right? <laughs> it's extremely predictable, but you still kinda wanna see what the screaming tiny hand monster will do <laughs> once he gets loose. So I'm not gonna waste your time showing you the usual lock her up and build that swamp stuff, right? But there was one moment that we just couldn't ignore. You ever notice they always call the other side, and they do this up, the elite, the elite. Why are they elite? I have a much better apartment than they do. I'm smarter than they are. I'm richer than they are. I became president and they didn't. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up. I thought the MAGA fans hated the elites. But now that Trump says he's one, all of a sudden they're cheering. Yeah, elites, yeah! These people will follow Trump anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if one day Trump is like, folks, I just got my 23 and me, and it turns out I'm fully Mexican! <laughs> and the crowd will be like, yeah, Mexico! 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 Now, now, most of last night's rally, was the same old talking points, right? Same old, same old. But Trump has clearly been practicing a whole bunch of new hand moves. Great champion, you know, the, you know, the whole thing going up the trees and down the trees. They just show my face. Take a shot of the arena. Let's go get some more. It's a whole 
We're going to be going to space. Out. What was that? <laughs> like, if you had your TV on mute, what would you think the president was talking about when he did that? Someone at home was just like, honey, I, I think we're gonna start jerking off the immigrants. I, uh... Oh, and I also love the one that was before that. What, like, what was that move? What is that, what is that? huh? What is that? It's like, it's like Salt Bay. It's like a little, or, or I guess for him, it's sexual assault bay. That's what that is. All right, all right, all right. Enough of Trump. Let's catch up on some other news. You know, this whole week, uh, we've been so focused on the border issue that we haven't really had the time to cover all the other fun stories that have been going on. There's just too much news. Thankfully, though, too much news is just the right amount of news for a segment we call Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. Let's kick off with some news from the World Cup. Today, Argentina and Lionel Messi suffered a shock defeat to Croatia and Sam Dudovic. But... But that wasn't even today's craziest news out of Russia. Burger King is apologizing to its customers in Russia for some offensive ads that were aimed towards women. Burger King Russia offered women a chance to win $47,000 in free Whoppers for life if they got pregnant by a World Cup soccer player. The prize was offered to women who get, quote, the best football genes and, quote, ensure the success of the Russian team for generations to come. This would be a great excuse for any woman who gets caught cheating during the World Cup with a soccer player. She can be like, no, honey, you think I wanted to make sex with Ronaldo? No, I did it for free burgers for us. <laughs> it's like making babies for the future World Cup. Like, I can imagine when these soccer babies are born and the doctor spanks them, the baby immediately falls to the floor. She's like, ah! <laughs> Such a, it's such a weird story, but we really don't have the time for it because uh, remember the Charlottesville Nazis? Well, they're back. Yes, the organizers of the Charlottesville rally have just announced that they'll be hosting a march in D.C. for white civil rights. Yeah, that's right. They're demanding better treatment for white people in America. <laughs> Which, I'm just gonna put it out there, is gonna make this the most successful protest march in history. <laughs> gonna be like, we demand civil right. Oh, hey, we got them. All right, good march, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. We got it already. White Powell, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Now, look, I don't have time for Nazis, so let's move on, because there's a wardrobe malfunction that's blowing up the news. Breaking news, Melania Trump making a surprise visit to children at the border. But did she hurt the message she was trying to send with an unfortunate wardrobe choice? The first lady wearing a jacket, bearing the words, I really don't care, do you? Wow. I really don't care, do you? Wow. It looks like when Melania was in the hospital, she had her last <laughs> removed. <laughs> although, although, it is kind of sweet that she made a jacket out of her and Donald's wedding vows. That's really cool. <laughs> I like that. Look, we, we could spend forever talking about how out of touch this makes Melania seem, but I don't really care, do you? Plus, we don't have time to talk about fashion faux pas because there's been another shooting in America. 
But a strange story involving the fanatic, a hot dog, and a head injury. On Monday night, a Philly fanatic started firing hot dogs, real hot dogs, into the stands. And one landed squarely between McVeigh's eyes. And then next thing I know, he, shoot it, he shot it in our direction. And bam, it like hit me like a, a ton of bricks. Kathy McVeigh loves the Phillies and doesn't plan to take legal action. And yes, she does understand if her story gets a few laughs. It gives people a good laugh, and if that makes somebody chuckle, then that's fine. <laughs> oh, man. That's so cool. Like, I'm really glad that she's not badly hurt and that she's being a really good sport about this because we do want to make jokes. Uh, first of all, America is rock and roll. You guys will shoot anything. <laughs> Hot dogs, T-shirts, cash. When you get shot in America, it couldn't mean anything. You could be like, oh no, I've been shot with a puppy. Yay! <laughs> oh, and by the way, it's probably smart that she's not suing, right? Because the Philly mascot's name is literally the fanatic. Yeah, who knows how far he'll go. He might be like, she's suing? Well, I guess I have no choice but to finish the job. <laughs> and I know some people are probably saying right now, she's so unlucky to be shot in the face with a hot dog. But there's probably some people in Africa going, she's so lucky to be shot in the face with a hot dog. That's all the time we got. We'll be right back. Tonight is the co-founder of the Grammy Award-winning band Linkin Park. He has a new solo album out called Post Traumatic. Please welcome Mike Shinoda. Thank you for having me. So good to have you here. Your crowd is really loud. Oh yeah, this is. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is the best crowd in Lakeland. Does it, does it make you jealous? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's, that's why it was surprising. It's like, oh, I, you know, it's much louder than my... <laughs> <laughs> you, you say that, but you know that's not true. I, I, I've been lucky enough to see some of your live shows and your audience is loving everything that you're doing. Before we get into, into the current album, let's talk a little bit about your journey moving into being a solo artist. You're back on stage again. Yeah. You know, the journey of Linkin Park and yourself has been one with many ups and downs, many emotions attached to it. Yeah. What has it been like getting back on stage again? You know, I, in the beginning, um, after Chester passed, we, I think for weeks, I didn't, I didn't leave my house. It was hard for me to, you know, I grew up drawing and painting and making music, and it was hard for me to do any of those things. Um, and so, you know, fast forwarding a bit, like the idea of getting on stage um, was just like, it was impossible, you know. Um, to, today, to be able to go out and, and do shows is, it's like, for me, it's like a personal, it's this victory, it's like this miraculous thing. Um, and, and one of the things that drives me to do it is the knowledge that, I've been through something that's, that's, while it's unique in some senses because it's on this larger scale, right. um, it's, it's universal in a sense that we all lose somebody. We all go through you know, uh, tragedy and, and, and trauma. And I feel like I made a decision early on to share that with people and talk about it in the open. Right, and, and you, you've rarely 
spoken about that as much as you can. You know, when the news came out that Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park had taken his own life, people were traumatized. People yeah. always asked similar questions. And, and what I've really uh, admired about your message is that you've come out and said, hey, let's, let's figure out a way to remove the stigma that anyone might have around any mental health issue. That, that's really been key for you. It has. Thank you. The thing about it, for, like, I, I was, it was so weird to be, like, given a membership to this club that I never wanted to be a part of. Right. Um, it, it was something that I didn't have so much experience with in terms of these things that we're now talking about. And um, I think for me, I, what I've learned along the way, like, one thing I've learned is that in terms of, you know, mental health, um, we talk often now about, you know, it being like physical health. Right. Right. So you wake up in the morning if you have a, a physical... Uh, say you've got a bad back. Uh -huh. You wake up in the morning, your back kind of hurts. You go, oh, I need to take it easy today. You might wake up and say, oh, it's a little bit worse than I thought. I need to take some medication today. Right. And then even if it's even worse than that, wow, I, I really need to see a doctor today. Right. Mental health should be the same way. Mental health is just health. So if you, and the way that we get to that point is to, to actually check in with ourselves and say, oh, do I need to take it easy? Do I need medication? Do I need to see a professional? Like right. those are things you can do. Above all, I think the number one, the, the gateway into all of that is just being able to talk about it. Right. And so that's one thing that, you know, having a conversation like this, um, putting an album out like this, and even on stage, I find myself like kind of talking maybe too much. I, I, I find, can I tell you that that's what I found is one of the most beautiful <laughs> things about your performances now on stage. You know, as we get into the album, you, you've written an album that really is a diary of your feelings, yeah. your, your journey. And, and when you're performing live with the audience, it's been really beautiful to see how there's a family now with Linkin Park fans where it seems like you're having a conversation intermittently through the music. Has that become therapeutic for yourself and the fans in a way? Yeah, I'm, I feel like every show I do, every performance, you know, you know, a whole concert at a venue or like just a couple uh, songs. Today I did something at like an Apple store. I did three songs. Right. And it's, it does feel like... like there's a communal element, there's like a family element. Um, one thing that I think people, maybe they forgot about or they didn't know about, about our fans and our band, is it, it's, it kind of always has been that way. Right. People just didn't know. Like ever since the beginning, like we, because when Hybrid Theory, our first album came out, you know, however many years ago, it was when the label told us, you guys, your album was the best-selling album on the planet this year. And we all looked at them like, What's where's the like punchline? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Right. Yeah, right, right. And and people literally, you know, people grew up with this thing. And over a course of, al of different albums, it was it was one of those things where they, you know, the, it was a cultural um, family. Right. Yeah. It really it really has felt like that. And uh, in the songs that you've written here, has it been tough for you? People, I think, thinking that every single song is about pain and every song yeah. is about Chester. Because, I mean, I know that people do that with music all the time. You know, if you're in a situation, whenever people hear the music, they go like, oh, is this also about that? Is it also about that? W was that hard for you to navigate? Or well, you notice it a lot. You, so you notice a lot if, if like, say, uh, there's, like, a celebrity breakup. Right. Every cover is like, oh, he's wearing blue today because of the breakup. It's like, <laughs> no, he's like wearing blue, right? <laughs> but that happens to people all the time. So it, when it's something like this, um, you know... Who, this, you know, the person we're talking about who wore blue, like that doesn't hurt there. If it doesn't make that bring them down that right, day. Right, right, right. For right. me, if I'm just doing my going about my day, and somebody's like, "Oh, he's doing that because of Chester," like that makes me feel like right. Oh, I can imagine it's so heavy, and 
I, so I intentionally, as I made the album, the album is 16 songs, it's a lot of music, and halfway through the album, the song you just played is crossing a line. That's the point at which I, I felt like in the music and because th this was true in my life in the last year, there was a point at which I, I, I was looking backward and then there's a point at which it shifted towards the future and even the present too, but also like there was a hope. Right. And I realized, oh, it's like, you know, you get dealt a hand of cards and you just, you play them. You do your best with what you've got. And this, you know, this isn't the outcome that I would have ever wanted, but if this is what I've got, then I'm going to look at it and see what's the best thing I can do with it. And actually, you know, um, reaching out to fans in this way and having these types of conversations about mental health, about different, th different things, I feel like that's, for me, a very productive way and a positive way to, to use the platform and, and to use to express my art. Which is something you've always done. You know, you, you've used your art. You, you, you're a graphic designer, you are a painter, you are a musician. Um, I, I noticed in one of your performances uh, this week, you, you performed a song, I, I believe you had written about your, your family's history, which, which was oh, yeah, really yeah. intriguing for me. Like, you, your grandparents, I believe, were in a Japanese internment camp, is that true? Correct. So this is a song, um, not on the post-traumatic right. album. This is a song on, uh, that I did uh, a while back, and the song is called Kenji. Uh, my middle name is Kenji. Um, my, my dad's family, you know, being Japanese, he was what we say, uh, he, we call Nisei. Uh, he was the first generation born in the United States. And as you know, in the, in the 40s after Pearl Harbor, the government came and basically told everybody um, that anybody of Japanese descent or uh, who kind of felt like they were Japanese. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, got wow, pulled. That's, yeah, not, not that's cool. A, really, that's a weird one to go with. Not really cool. <laughs> like, um, because there were, people who, there were people who weren't actually Japanese. Right. And they're like, oh, you're close enough. You're coming to the camps. They took all the people on the West Coast. And where my family went first was, just imagine you're in your house and they say, okay, you're going. Pack two bags, you're out of here. And my family built up from nothing. They had built like this wonderful mercantile barbershop, gas station, pool hall, like it was the center of town. And it, and it was, they were very successful. And they were told, you're out of here. Two bags, get on the bus. Where are we going? They don't know. They took them to the Santa Anita race track and stuck them in the horse stalls. They stayed there while the government built um, barracks that were made of wood in the desert. There was no air conditioning, there was no heating. Um, the stories that I remember hearing from my aunts and uncles were that they would wake up and shake the dust off of, like all the dirt and stuff, right. off of their blankets. They'd go to set up their breakfast, and by the time they'd actually put the food down on the table, the dirt was back all over everything right. again. So this is, these are the types of things, and, and when, you, when I hear these stories of the things that have gone on in the past week, for example, I immediately go to those memories of my, right, right. my aunts and uncles like telling these stories. It's really not that, first of all, it's really not that far back in time that this actually happened. I mean, it wasn't until uh, the mid-80s under the Reagan administration that the U.S. apologized officially for the thing. And yet here we are only a couple decades later, a few decades later, saying, oh, we forgot all about that. Like, no, no, this is a, to or, or this is a totally different situation. Right, though. right. And it's not that different. It's not that different. It's scary. It's not that different. And uh, I'm really glad that you use your music and your platform to speak about it. The, the, the album is your first uh, solo venture. What are you hoping people will take away? What do you hope people will, will understand about Mike on his own? People know you through Linkin Park, but what, are, what, are, what do you want people to know about you? Well, the, I, I, as I started this album, I didn't, 
I was just using the art, the, the painting and the music as just therapy. It was meditative right. for me. And so the first thing is like, if you're going through something difficult, like I, art therapy is very real. So I always encourage people to do that. Um, Thank you. And I'd say the other thing is, Chester was one of the best rock singers of all time. So let's not forget that. I do my... I didn't grow up celebrating like Dia de los Muertos or in Japanese we have the Obon Festival. Like I didn't really grow up doing those things or understanding those things. But to be able to look at the tragedy of the past and celebrate the you know, family members and friends we've lost and then take our thing, that, that, as I said, the cards that we've been dealt and do something positive with them. Um, there's a lot of... There's a, there's a wonderful feeling that comes from that, especially when you, you're doing it, not in a selfish way, you're right. doing it for other people and, and, and connecting this, this community. I feel like this is, a, this is my effort. It's the beginning of an effort uh, to do that. It's an amazing effort, man. Thank you so Thank much you. for being on the show. Post Traumatic is available now. Mike Shinoda, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.